Oh, wow, whoa. Oh, oh, this is fun. Oh, bit dizzy though. Oh, well, I must say, the Colonel's chair is every bit as comfy as it looks. Uh, Lieutenant, he's, uh, he's not going to notice that I've been sitting in it while he's away, is he? He usually does. Oh, bother. Don't worry, I'm saying nothing. Well, that's very kind of you, Lieutenant. Uh, is there a price for your silence? I won't be able to fool the Colonel for long. What about, uh... Oh, I suppose you mean a go on the randomizer. I'm ready to go, sir. Well then, Lieutenant, if you'd care to do the honours. S.I.G. That's it. Uh, are you feeling all right, Lieutenant? It's just that I can't bear this waiting. Oh, it's okay, it's okay. Just uh, try to breathe normally. That's it. And perhaps you could tell us what we're watching today. Looks like false alarm, sir. Ah, excellent. Well then, here's Supercar. Do I get a coconut? As a matter of fact, I've brought you a whole bag. Great. Supercar! So, welcome back to Supercar on the Randomizer with False Alarm. And uh, I have to apologise right up front and say... Oh, I love this opening. Um, that's not the apology. Oh yeah, even though in HD, the, the little figure of Mike at the controls of Supercar in this film that Master Spy and Zarin are watching is a bit phony. What do you think of that? Oh, I liked it, Master Spy, very much. But I prefer Western. Oh, I, I just adore this this opening, this very sort of film noirish scene of um, Master Spy and Zarin plotting their their stealing of supercar. There's um, it's very it's very film noirish. Lots of shadows. And in a few hours, my friend. And this is, of course, in uh, original broadcast order. The first time we meet. Master Spy and Zarin. Ourselves. This was episode two on first broadcast. In uh, ITC order, this is episode four. Uh, so they would have already been introduced in Talisman of Sargon at that point. Our activities without hindrance, we have no alternative but to, well, steal your choice of. And there's, it's strange, there's no real sort of introduction to them. We're just presented with them in. We shall in this sort of continuing state that they are apparently in of having gone up against the supercar team before, and now we've got to do something to uh, to take care of it. <laughs> Simple, my friend. Always these people are ready to answer a call for help. Mm. So we will call, and they will answer. And yeah, for the second episode in broadcast order, it is... It doesn't quite feel right that Master Spy is taking advantage of this already established trope that the supercar team will rescue anybody. Or even that the supercar team have been operating long, long enough to have made such mortal enemies as Master Spy and Zarin. come, but not here. We shall receive them uh, somewhere inaccessible. Somewhere, uh, yes, somewhere high up in the mountains. He does look very sinister. I think that's one of the few scenes where Master Spy really feels like a genuine, credible threat because he does look so intimidating and he is lit so well. No, sir, not a thing. Everything's just great. Uh, talking of things that are uh, going well. Best remote, Mike. Jimmy, there's Jimmy. Uh, so yes, I said I needed to apologise, and I do because. Uh, I am recording this on a slightly different microphone to the one that I would normally use because I am currently going through technological problems and um, rather than, uh, you know, 
delay the randomizer. The, ra the work of the randomizer must continue no matter what. Uh, I'm using a, a different microphone to normal, so if this sounds different, I apologize. Steadying it at a level where outside... Hopefully we'll be all right. To a minimum. Anyway. Instant and positive response. Well, we've docked the beaker to thank for sorting that one out. We have installed a remote control unit for Supercar. Like answers the telephone. Which amounts to... The thing that Doc Beaker's around. A few buttons and one great big lever. Who is that calling? Professor Popkiss, this is Sergeant Petrie, Nevada State Police. Oh, and George Massell's doing a nice job here, um, doing the two characters talking to each other. But why do you think? Yes, I know you have rough details of my work for security reasons only, but the state police cannot possibly reach the spot in time. Strange as well that Master Spies, uh, very on the ball compared to the local police. He knows that the supercar team have been travelling all over the world helping people. The local police at this point don't seem to, uh, to have twigged that. <laughs> it's something I've noticed actually watching the series uh, on Blu-ray, because we now have Supercar on Blu-ray, and I've just finished watching the whole series. And uh, it is noticeable that throughout the first series, it is very, the, the supercar project is very secret, and then in the second series, suddenly it's the world-famous supercar team. Um, much like the difference between Thunderbirds, the TV show, and Thunderbirds 6, where suddenly everybody knows about International Rescue and who the Tracys are. Dead, 180 miles northeast of here. I figure that's in the Sierra Nevada mountains. Anyway, we're going out to, uh, to deal with this distress call. And that's why the police called us. That's right. They know we've rescued people before. Me and Bill, for a start. Well, what are we waiting Does Mitch not count? For dark already. Well, I'll, I'll think I'll come too. Jimmy seems to be um, squatting in this scene. I, I don't think he's sitting on a chair. When I was younger. Oh. Ready, Mike? Ready it is. Charging both, then. So it's Mike and Beaker off to the rescue. Ready for takeoff. Okay, Dr. Beaker? Yeah, ready, pilot. Roof doors open. Well, that's a nice shot from above, looking down on the... Mike and Beaker in supercar with their medical supplies in the back, and they flopped the um, the traditional shot of the uh, roof doors opening there. I don't remember that happening too often. Calling console. Hello, Professor. Everything's fine up here, except it's getting dark. Have you marked the position of the distress call on your plan? Roger. Position marked. And oddly enough, this is actually, I think, the fourth time I've seen this episode this year, because... Network played it on their uh, Jerry Anderson Night In back in April. I then reviewed it for possible clips for the uh, Supercar Blu-ray trailer. I then watched it again when I was when the Supercar Blu-rays came out. So this is my fourth time watching this episode this year. Uh, oddly enough, I don't remember too much about it. Having said all that, this is a nice pan across a. The desert terrain, which probably wasn't a very big set, but nice moody atmospheric music to help sell it there. And of course, this is the master spy theme, so of course we know who's lurking down there. Pretty rough down there, Doctor Beaker. What do you Again, I, I love that uh, in certain episodes, Master Spy and Zarin have a truck until it gets blown up, and sometimes they just appear. And this, I think, is one of the episodes where they just appear. Somehow they get out to the desert. Uh, in fact, it's referenced later on. They have no, they have no transport of their own <laughs> to get home again. Congratulations. How did they get out here? Accurate map reading. They have come to the exact spot. Uh, oh, 
and it's lit very. I would say I was going to say lit very dark there, but I don't think that's lit at all. That shot of a uh, supercar landing. Well, she's down. More luck than skill, I guess. I suppose that's slightly more realistic than, uh, safely and we'll call you, in 15 you know, when it's night, it's night. It is total darkness. It's uh, a bit more realistic than lighting it as if it was dark. Now, hold on, Jimmy. They've got to get organized first. Ah, there he is, trying to make a campfire. Curious. Most curious. Theoretically, it should work. Simple conversion of kinetic energy into heat at the rate of 4.2 joules per carolin. More science. Do it. Even in the Boy Scouts. You want a lighter? No, thank you. I have some matches. But, um, it's not quite the same thing, is it? Oh. <laughs> oh. Meanwhile, Master Spy and Zarin are still draped over these rocks. They are wise. No, friend. Because the Master Spy puppet is so large, he can't quite... He can't quite lean over something and spy on someone, you know, just his head over the top. He has to lean his whole body over, which makes him quite an obvious target, but no one ever seems to spot him. I remember there's another episode, I think it's uh, Keep It Cool, where he, he almost, because he's so big, the puppeteer almost has to fly him into the shot and land his torso on a rock. Aww. Love Master Spy. Maybe, but unless your sixth sense can see in the dark, Doc, we'll have to leave it till morning. Need a mountain goat to climb this by moonlight. Uh, true. We did not expect the terrain to be so difficult. Okay, you pour the coffee and I'll call up the prof. They ought to be calling any minute, Professor, don't you reckon? They should do, Jimmy. Will hears him. Uh, where is Mitch, by the way? Oh, he went out a while back. He seems to like midnight walks outdoors. No, he just likes being away from you. Calling console. That's something as well that I've discovered watching uh, Supercar marathoning the whole series for the first time in probably at least five years uh, on Blu-ray, because it's on Blu-ray and it looks very nice, uh, is, oh my goodness, I hate Jimmy. I hate Jimmy so much. He is what what Jamie and, and many others mistakenly believe Joe was like in, in Joe 90. He's just always telling people, not only telling people what to do, he's telling people to do what they're already doing or reminding them of things that they hadn't forgotten. He just, ugh, he irritates me so much. Good mug of coffee, Doc. It was pleasant. This is nice, though. Uh, most pleasant. Uh, I Mike and Beaker sharing a, a tent, and instead of being in the tent with them, we're seeing their... Well, I'm right with you. ...their silhouettes against the, the canopy illuminated by candlelight. Now, a few minutes more, friends are in, and we will overcome them. Oh, he's, he's building up to the overcoming moment. Well, Jimmy, I should think that's all until morning. <laughs> what have you been doing with him? You saw thorough debriefing. Comes in through the skylight. I've had enough of you. You're cold out, though. Never understand why why Jimmy has a huge rifle on the wall in his room. Oh yes, Mike knows how to take care of himself, and so does Doctor Beaker. I expect he can't wait to get a chance to use his first aid kit when they find those two men. Ah. Uh. They've been tied up with their own bandages. <laughs> Too easy, was it not, friend Zarin? This is actually one of Master Spy's greatest successes. He has successfully overcome Mike and Beaker. <laughs> Dope. 
Mr. Ether from their own first aid box. That is, a, that is physical overpowering, and he's managed to do it to both of them. Good. Mas Very impressive. Very good. Mm. And now we take the car, no? <laughs> For once you are right, friend Zarin. Yes, now we take the car. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, although Master Spy and Zarin don't really have an introductory episode as such, this this probably is the best one, the, the, pre the best candidate, I should say, because they do come off as a very credible threat, whereas later there were far more sort of silly knockabout villains. I also love the image of Master Spy in the supercar cockpit, because, again, the puppet is just so big and bulky and unmaneuverable. But how to start the motors? Ah, this is it. Ooh. And of course you've got Zarin sat next to him. The puppet is trembling and his eyes are darting back and forth. Uh, every, every noise. It's something I found a bit disappointing going into the second series. A lot of the characters got slight redesigns and I don't think many of them looked that good as good as they did in the first series. Zarin, in, Zarin was one of the the ones that um, definitely got a downgrade for the second series. What has happened, Master Spy? He looked a bit more like Marty Feldman in the second series, whereas here he looks, well, he looks like Zarin. Idiot. What do you think? Let me out! Stay where you are. Nothing has happened yet. I know. That is why I wish to get out. Before it happened. Not only is this a great way to establish our two main villains for the series, it's also a great establishing of their their relationship. I don't know why Zarin and Master Spy stay together. Oh, I feel yes. You know, professionally. It's still I don't see what Master Spy gets from keeping Zarin around, and surely Zarin would be far happier not having to deal with uh, with this sort of thing all the time. Power, I think. No. <laughs> Gosh, Zarin just slumped forward like he'd fainted or he was going to be sick. Oh, poor guy. But here we go. Master Spy has got it off the ground. Back at the uh, lab, everyone is asleep. All the human characters are asleep anyway. I'm, I'm generously including Jimmy in that, uh, that statement. Well, friend Zarin, do you not think I make a fine pilot? Very good, Master Spy. Very good indeed. No. I'm not sure what Master Spy's long-term plan here is. Is he planning to sell the car on to someone else to, uh, to profit from the tech, or is it just owning the thing is enough of a... Oh, wobbly is enough of a, a triumph in itself. Master Spy, if you tell me once more to be careful. This is also a nice, uh, a nice use of the fact that um, some shots of supercar flying look a bit wobbly, and here the fact that Master Spy doesn't really know what he's doing, and someone else is about to take the controls of the machine, it, it kind of plays into that uh, that fact rather well. There's something, friend Zarin. Because back at the workshop, our hairy boy has taken control by remote. And uh, despite the fact that I said, um, oh my goodness, he's working the remote with his foot. Yeah, despite the fact that I said um, 
in rewatching the series, I, I've come to hate Jimmy more than I ever have before. It's given me a new appreciation for Mitch, actually, uh, and I always liked Mitch anyway, but um, in the second series, unfortunately, he is generally the cause of most of the problems. But in the first series, the Woodhouses use him very cleverly. I mean, there are some episodes where he is almost the most the most useful person on the team and Dragon of Ho Meng which is a, 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 a less than stellar episode he's almost like some kind of detective he finds all the clues he is insanely useful through most of the first season there's a couple of times where he's a, a bit of a liability but this is uh, this is a rather nice way to use him he's heard Master Spy talking over the radio and he's uh, now just playing with a remote control lever Professor Professor no Go away, Jimmy. What is it, Jimmy? Not another nightmare? I heard voices coming from the workshop. <laughs> oh, and I love Mitch when he's just in full screaming mode. It's actually, I've, um, again, watching the series on Blu-ray, it sort of reinforced my uh, long-held notion that Mitch is not actually a monkey. Mitch is a little man with severe rage issues who went to a therapist and at some point during his therapy was encouraged to put on a monkey costume. He then went insane and uh, just ran out into the world pretending to be a monkey for the rest of his life. It's much funnier, to me at least, to... Uh, to go through the series with that, that idea of his character in mind. Because he doesn't look much like a monkey. Anyway. Let them put us safely down on the ground again. Silence. Our distress call fakers are now in distress themselves. Why don't they answer? I don't know, Jimmy. There is something strange going on. Hmm. Mike wouldn't know what to do if the transmitter failed. Console to pilot. Do you read me? Switch to emergency call at once. We do not read you here. <laughs> oh, and Mitch had stopped playing with the remote control lever and then just suddenly we get an extreme close-up on him looking a bit sneaky and then he just nudges it to the left slightly. Professor, it's not mine. I thought it wasn't his voice. It's Master Spy. <gasps> Thank goodness we have you here to identify that, Jimmy. For you to identify someone that you've never actually met in this broadcast order before. Send the machine. Then where are Mike and Dr. Beaker? That I will not tell you, unless you put us down at once, safely. I shall do no such thing. And I like Popkiss answering back to him there. Popkiss is, he's a very smiley-looking character. He's a very happy man, generally, despite the fact that he spends most of his time dealing with Jimmy's inane questions. Yes, Mitch. So it's nice. There's a bit of uh, a bit of steel there at times. He's turned control of supercar back over to Mitch. Whoa. You'd be interested to know, Master Spy, that Mitch is a monkey, but reasonably skilled, nevertheless. <laughs> Ooh, that's quite sinister. Yeah, I, I, again, going back to orders and introductions of Master Spy and Zarin, I have a feeling that Mitch was there for Talisman of Sargon. Um, or maybe he wasn't locked in the tomb, but it is it is difficult to sort of pin down a precise chronology of Supercar Team's relationship with Master Spy and Zarin, because each episode order seems to contradict the other. As though an, an army... A positive army of pachyderms 
trampling across the top of it. Well, they sure fooled us that time. Doped us with our own ether. Mm, to be sure. To be sure. Is this the first time we've encountered them, or have there been other encounters? I, I can't quite keep it straight. in future. Oh. Okay, Doctor Big. That's a diss. You win. The point seems to me to be, um, what are we to do now in these circumstances? Well, there's not much we can do except get set for a nice long walk. All right, Master Spy, just sit back and relax. We will fly you safely back from where you came. Uh, speaking philosophically, I suppose this will teach us in the future to uh, uh, look more carefully uh, before we leap. Okay, Doc, let's go. Around here it pays to get your walking done early before the sun gets too hot. Neither of them seem particularly bothered that supercar has been stolen. Distinct impression. I, I heard something. I believe, I believe, mind you, that it's Supercar. Hey. Returning. You're right, Dr. Beaker. There she is. Oh. This is the early days of the model before they'd painted the word Supercar on the bottom. Right. We can leave them quite safely to Mike and Dr. Beaker, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> Good old Mitch. And now... What are you going to do with us, Mr. Mercury? Well, now, uh, I'm sure sorry we can't give you a lift, but we've got all this baggage. They, um, they look a little pale. Perhaps if they were to take the, uh, 15-mile walk that was to have been our lot. Ooh. 15 miles by my feet. Ah, first your stomach. Then your feet. Be silent, worm. Again, that goes back to the question of how they got out here in the first place. They clearly don't have a, a way back at the end. There's no truck concealed somewhere to get them home. How did they get out here in the first place? Well, no matter, because Mike and Beaker are just going to abandon them. I do like the, uh... Well, reckon Mitch has come to the rescue again. Shut up. I do like the very tame nature of the rivalry between uh, Supercar and, and Master Spy. It's all just sort of... Well, tired after their walk. It's very casual. Think of it, Master Spy could lose a little weight. Ooh. Anyway, I would not say that our journey had been um, entirely without profit. Well, why, Doctor? What have you found? Ooh. Well, it, it's rather curious, in a way, seeing that uh, we were supposed to be rescuing the two members of a geological expedition. Uh, while you were packing up the tent, Mike, I found uh, uh, this. What is it, Dr. Beaker? Is it gold? Uh, gold? Oh, no, 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 Jimmy. There wouldn't be any gold where we landed. Uh, there's too much limestone about for that. No, there are some fossils of... Um, uh, uh, considerable interest embedded in this piece of rock. Uh, possibly the trilobites of the late Cambrian period. But Ooh. I would have to examine them. This is a long way to go for a pointless bit of science. The analytic mind seems to be hard at work again. Again, I, I normally credit the Woodhouses for science inclusion, but... Uh, okay, Mike. Here she goes. That was a bit much. This is a nice ending, though. Popkiss just presses a, a switch saying, Fade video. It, I liked that the uh, some of the early episodes of Supercar do have a sort of meta, almost, way of ending. A bit uh, fourth wall breaking. Anyway, that was... 
Full salam. And uh, I... Yeah, I think that is probably the best candidate for an introduction to Master Spy and Zarin. And uh, as such, it, it works very well. We establish both of them very clearly as an episode in its own right. It's a nice little, uh, you know, little diversion, as many uh, supercar episodes tend to be, especially in the early days, you're sort of seeing, seeing it all come together. And when we don't have the... The, the the scale of, of production to do to do huge epic action adventure stuff we can do smaller and uh, occasionally slightly sillier stuff and that's a, a very nice small little early story from supercar very enjoyable too